in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, we've gone through the Beatitudes. We talked uh, last week about Jesus's uh, teaching on us being the salt and the light. And then we're, we're coming to uh, a, another short uh, section today where Jesus is um, kind of confronting maybe what uh, the crowds have heard about him, maybe they're wondering about him, maybe they've heard uh, some rumors. So it's uh, verse 17 uh, through 20. And Jesus says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. So here Jesus obviously thinks that this potential accusation would be on the minds of either um, the listeners of this sermon, of this teaching, of uh, Matthew includes it here, because maybe for those of us going along and we have seen that Jesus is announcing this kingdom of heaven is here, that there's this new way of doing things, that maybe people are wondering, wait, is he just throwing everything out? And you have uh, back at uh, uh, chapter 3 when uh, Matthew is talking about John the Baptist's ministry. Um, I think uh, um, one of the uh, commentaries uh, I was reading kind of helped me see this better. Um, where uh, Richard Bohr is talking about uh, John the Baptist, and he said, um, uh, but so, so John the Baptist is he's out in the wilderness, he's out at the Jordan River, and he's saying, Hey, come out here, and you can repent, and you can have forgiveness, and you can be right with God, you can get your heart where it's supposed to be. Um, and he, he, he comments on this. He says, do you realize what he's saying? In Jerusalem, there was a watertight system for getting into the temple and getting your sins forgiven, for getting worthy, for declaring who's in and who's out. Now we have this joker out in the desert just saying that God is as available as water and God can raise up children of Abraham from these very stones in Matthew 3, 8. No wonder the religious establishment wanted him dead. And similarly, he says that Jesus is taking away the broker that society established. He's telling people that God is totally accessible, that God is available in reality itself, in the world of these graced relationships. The kingdom of God is in your midst. You don't need to go through the brokerage system in Jerusalem or worship the emperor in Rome. What a threat to the system. The system responded by killing him.
And so, right, I think, I think there's truth to what he's, he's getting at there that, that Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is available and it's available to the poor in spirit, those who are mourning, those who are meek, those who are merciful, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who um, are persecuted because of righteousness, these people that, you know, may not have access. And it, it does seem like a new thing because as Jesus talks about in this passage, he's, he's coming to help them understand what they've been trying to do. He's going to show them the fullness of the writings of the prophets and of Moses and all of those things that they have been attempting to follow, but it is going to show them what the fullness of it is and the fullness of it is him, right? He says that I came to fulfill them. So he's making some some pretty big claims here. So of course, there's going to be those people who are are saying, wait, if here's this guy who says that, um, for I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses the Pharisees, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Who is this guy who can just show up and say, like, I can tell you how you get in the kingdom of heaven? Who has that authority? Who's this person that can say, I have come to fulfill the law and the prophets. Every, everything that you were given by God about how he wants you to live and everything that God spoke through the prophets about um, how he w- wanted to correct you when you were wrong and what his hope for you in the future was, I have come to fulfill all of that. Not just anyone can say that. Someone who can say, like, like, I have it on good authority that not the smallest letter or the least stroke of a pen will disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Who has the authority to say how long God's word is going to be good for? Right? Jesus is making some very bold claims in this passage. He's saying that somehow everything about the scriptures, everything that God was working towards, everything that God wanted to accomplish is accomplished and fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus is is telling us here, if you want to understand your Old Testament as, as we now would see it, if you want to understand what's going on in the law or the prophets, I'm going to tell you how to understand it. If, if you're trying to read your Bible and, and figure out how the story comes together, how is everything connected, you look to me. Something, something might be hard to understand. Something may not have made full sense yet. Maybe you've been trying to figure out how to how to live or how to walk or whatever it is and and Jesus says I have come to show you how I have come to accomplish everything I have come to invite you into the kingdom of heaven and I have the authority to do that and so uh, 
Scott McKnight says that our passage here is the most significant passage in the entire Bible on how to read the Bible because Jesus tells us how. The law and the prophets aim at and are completed and fulfilled in Jesus being the Messiah. So that as we, as we look at this passage and then we look at how Jesus teaches us through the rest of the sermon, we need to keep in mind that what Jesus is doing, right, is not saying, hey, everything that was written before this time, you can throw out. But I'm going to show you how to make sense in the fullest meaning of the word of everything that's already been written. That whatever you're, you're wondering about, it all makes sense in me. And right... The, the other writers of the New Testament recognize this as well, right? When we get to the, the end of Luke and Jesus is speaking with the two guys on the road to Emmaus. And what does he do? He says, he shows them through, through the prophets and the writings of the law that everything had to be accomplished through Jesus, right? Paul, Paul is uh, writing in, in several of his letters, especially um, Ephesians, and talking about how it's all going to the point of everything being summed up in Christ in Ephesians 1.10. And that Jesus at the end of Ephesians 1 in verse 23 is the one who fills all in all, right? In Ephesians 4 that um, we have one Lord, one Father, one baptism, one faith, one Father who fills all, is over all, and in all. Everything is summed up in Jesus. And, and even if we, if we stay within the Sermon on the Mount, right, Jesus talks in uh, Matthew 7, um, in uh, verse 12, at the end of the um, judging and asking and seeking section, and he says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Jesus is saying, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff that was written. And sometimes it was um, maybe hard to understand or it, it felt hard to do. So we have this whole um, religious system and institution that has been built up for people to figure out how do we do this? Okay, so we're going to have extra laws about this to make sure we don't break this law. We're going to have some other guidelines to make sure that we understand how to keep the Sabbath. And we're going to keep this and keep that. And, um, right, those are the people, we're going to do it by the letter of the law. And Jesus said there's a, a different way to think about keeping all of the letter and dotting all the T's and the I's. And that's by coming to the law through me rather than using the law to get to Jesus. And so he says, <laughs> no, that's fine. This is probably happening, right? With everybody uh, just all hanging out on the hillside. Right. So, um, So 
he's getting at and, and saying that the, the way that you have been trying to understand the law, the way that you've been trying to uh, fulfill what the, the, the prophets or the, or the law have told you, it's not complete. And it's only complete in me. And so he says, whoever sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. He's saying that, right, when you, when you follow me, when you hear the call to follow me, and following me means hearing what I say and doing it, if, you, if you're setting aside one of the least of these commands, that's, that's the position of, of least in the kingdom of heaven. That is not a position that you want to be in. Rather, you, you, it's whoever practices and teaches these commands, right? Some of us can, uh, can fall into wanting to maybe only be teaching or only practicing. Jesus says, no, it's, it's all-encompassing. When you practice and teach, then you will be called great in the kingdom of heaven because this is different than the righteousness of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And right, as we think about, um, even just in, in Matthew, Jesus talks about this issue with the Pharisees and about the Pharisees and to the Pharisees' face. Um, he says that uh, in Matthew 15, um, that why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? God said, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you, the Pharisees, say that if anyone declares that um, what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God, they're not um, to honor their father or mother with it. Thus, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition so that they were using some loophole in the law to make sure that they didn't have to use um, some of uh, their... Uh, possessions for uh, taking care of their parents as they got older. He says, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And so Jesus is saying, what I'm doing is not giving you more human rules to follow. I'm giving you something different. It's not going to be that um, your lips are going to say the right thing, but your hearts aren't in it. Your hearts are going to be in it, and therefore you're going to be the type of people that fulfill the whole law, which, as I'm going to explain to you, is showing love to whoever you come in contact with. And so um, he even tells them later in, in Matthew 16 to the disciples, he says, beware of the Pharisees, the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And once the disciples don't understand the parable, he says, specifically, um, uh, Matthew says, he explained that he meant uh, the teaching of the Pharisees. Um, and when Matthew has the whole section in, in uh, chapter 23 about the woes to the Pharisees, he tells, he tells the people, do not do what they do. For they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. And Jesus says, the person who is, is great in the kingdom 
um, who will be called great in the kingdom is the one that practices what they teach, that practices what they preach, that if you become someone who has entered the kingdom, if you become someone who is modeling, who is inhabiting um, the life of the Beatitudes of the blessing of being in the kingdom, then as you do that, as you follow me, you will be the type of person who is able to practice and teach these commands because you're going to be the type of person that fulfills the law in the way that I show you what it means. Everything is summed up. All those hopes that Jesus has referenced in, in the Beatitudes about the promises um, from Isaiah and Jeremiah and the other prophets about the, the kingdom coming of things being made right, of uh, justice and peace and righteousness, of uh, a true, final, and good king, that's all being accomplished in me. And it's being accomplished as I fulfill and, and let you see what the law and the prophets were supposed to get you to do. Right? When, when, they, uh, when, you, when you go through the law and, and look at it through the lens of love your neighbor as yourself, right? If you, if you look at what the prophets were doing and saying, uh, hey, you're, you're messing up on the law. It wasn't that um, the law was made because this was the, the only right way to do um, a certain thing in uh, how you do your crops or your livestock or sell things in town or whatever. But it was hey, this is how you could establish a community that looks out for those who might be disadvantaged, who um, might uh, be in a position to not have uh, the power to have justice, who um, might be from outside the community, visiting from another land. Maybe they are interested in, in what's going on in this community that should be pointing to God. And these are the ways that you can have a society that is considerate of your neighbor. And, right, so when the, the, the prophets are, are saying, hey, like, you guys are still doing sacrifices. You are still going through the motions. You, you think you're keeping the law, but your hearts are far from me. Right? Jesus references this in, in Matthew 9. He, he tells them, Go and learn the meaning of the words, mercy, mercy is what pleases me, not sacrifice. And, and when we get to the, the fasting section, we'll, we'll talk about um, more, we'll reference again like Isaiah 58 where he says, The fasting that I want is for you to do justice and take care of those around you. And so, what, what, what uh, keeping the law meant back then was the same as what uh, Jesus uh, was talking about here is that um, 
It's summed up in him and summed up in loving God and loving others. And if you are doing anything just to keep a law or to keep a rule or to make sure that um, a certain uh, way of life or tradition or uh, institution gets to carry on, then that is not the reason that God revealed himself to us. That is not the reason that God revealed um, all of the law and the prophets to us. The reason was so that his people could learn to love as their God had loved them. And so Jesus says, if you follow me, then you will follow all of it because I complete all of it. And by following me, you will be called great. You will be able to have righteousness that surpasses the Pharisees and teachers of the law because your righteousness will be the righteousness that is marked by new hearts, new life, new kingdom. It's not going to be marked by, hey, I've got new and different rules for you to keep. He says, I brought you into this new kingdom and as you walk in and as you accept my blessing and, and follow me into the kingdom and, uh, and allow yourself to be changed, to become merciful and pure in heart and hunger and thirst for righteousness, all of those things, you will end up keeping the whole law and the prophets because it's just love your neighbor as yourself. And what greater um, act of love, right? Jesus says, than a man lay down his life for his friends. This is how we know what love is. John later says in his, in his uh, first letter, right? That Jesus died for us. And so the the fullness of everything is that Jesus accomplished all of what was needed um, for the conquering of death and sin and division and everything at the cross and his resurrection. And that this new way is available for us to live in. And so... We are not being called to have um, a, a righteousness that surpasses the Pharisees and the teachers of the law in that we make new stricter laws or we keep them um, even more to the smallest letter and least stroke of a pen. No, Jesus has kept them to the smallest letter and least stroke of the pen in who he is and in what he's done. And so in giving us the opportunity to have new hearts and new life we have a righteousness that he'll go on to explain that is at the heart level it's not just at the level that people can see it's at the level that we can't see and because it's at the unseen level it's going to show at the level that everybody can see and they're going to be like there's something different about these people that are following Jesus
And it's because Jesus has done it and gone ahead that we have um, the ability to live and, and walk in that way. So that here, in talking about what it means to fulfill the law and the prophets, Jesus is preaching the gospel. He's saying that it's all completed in me, and you come into the kingdom through me, and you will experience the fruit of the kingdom in true um, righteousness, the righteousness that God has always wanted, that he's always talked about through the prophets of mercy, not sacrifice. Not that he doesn't want sacrifices, but if you're only going to do one of them, do the thing that God really wanted to, his people to do to begin with, right? When, when Jesus is healing on the Sabbath, he's like, well, what was the Sabbath for? It was for man. Were you supposed to do good or bad on the Sabbath? Like, let's, let's get behind the law and see what God really wanted. And what he really wanted was for his people to find their way back to him and walk in his ways and become like him again and, and live under his kingship. And Jesus accomplishes that for us. And that is good news. And so in the uh, following uh, sections, as we see that Jesus will say, you've heard it said, but I say to you, we need to keep in mind this section and the previous sections that Jesus is not asking us to do something brand new. He's not asking us to have a different uh, set of rules or bringing a new rule. He's telling us, what does it look like? What might it look like in specific situations that I'm going to help you imagine? What would it look like to have an imagination that is based on what it really means to fulfill and complete and accomplish the law and the prophets? What does it look like to live in the kingdom in light of who I am and what I have done?